0: Hey, how's it going, everybody? Welcome back to episode fifty-nine of the H Show podcast. I am your host, Bucky Barnes, and with me is the boys, <laughs> Hunter and Kyle. Hey guys, how you doing?
1: I'm doing just swell. I wasn't yeah. ready for that.
0: You weren't
2: ready for it. You said well, there you know, was going to be change. I wasn't expecting you to change your whole name.
0: You know. Well, what can I say? We've we've gone through it. We've it's a new arc of my anime journey. Did I have been? I was the Winter Soldier. I'm now the shitter lamer version hopefully one day <laughs> yeah, now we will
1: now it's like a before and a, or it's an after and before picture between the two of us now
0: <laughs> now only hopefully i'll become cool again in like six years time when they finally give me some character development in a disney plus show but we'll see but yeah welcome on, back dude. to the he'll, show, he'll podcast get his own show yeah baby who knows who knows but yeah welcome I back. i haven't
2: even watched the, uh, the one that came out
0: it's good, man. Like, honestly, I'm I'm perfectly okay with us starting this uh, gaming podcast by talking about Final Cut Winter Soldier. I actually pretty, I enjoyed it quite a bit, not gonna lie. It has a slow burn, like, it's a slow start, right? It's a bit dull. The first two episodes, I'm like, okay, I see what you're trying to do, but it just seems a bit hand-fisted, seems a bit slow. But by the time it got to, like, the episode four, I was like, okay, this is really good. And then episode five is basically, like, the filler arc, but it's my favorite episode because it's the most character development I've seen from those two characters <laughs> in the entirety of a, of their, like, MCU career, so it's it's a good show. I liked it quite a bit.
1: <laughs> I only saw the last episode because that's just what I do with these shows, is be witness to the last episode <laughs> while my siblings watch them. Just
0: skipped right to the end, man. Yeah, but
1: it. it looked all right.
0: No, it is good. It's very yeah. good. I'd recommend it. Um, I mean you know I've... me
2: i'm just I'm just bad at getting into watching shows and I'm sure once I actually start watching it, I'll finish it in one sitting but
0: yeah i mean i'm I'm also terrible i'm I'm also terrible but um it's just this i'm just i'm so i'm like ever since i was a kid right it came out in 2008 i was 10 years old when i Man came out i've watched every one of them in the <laughs> cinema so i've just basically this is the only thing i am it's like i'm contractually obliged to watch this shit because i've been watching it since i was like 10 years old religiously <laughs> so hey there it is, but now welcome back. Where to our gaming podcast? Where this week we're going to be talking about Returnal, Xenosaga uh, Part Three, about movies this Concrete week. Genie. You know, we should. I've honestly thought it'd be funny because I like. I listen to a lot of podcasts, uh, and one podcast that I'm quite a fan of is a podcast called Trash Taste, which is an anime podcast, which is funny from me. <laughs> I watch like three anime um But they hardly ever talk about anime, and most of the time they're just like, "Welcome to the, back to this anime podcast. Let's talk about our favorite video games." I'm like, "We should do that. We should just have an episode where it's just like, let's talk about our favorite albums or something. Why not? You know, not even video game albums, just music. You know, why not?"
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> um. But no, we're, <laughs> yeah, we are trying something different this week. So uh, whether you're listening on audio or you're watching the video right now, welcome on in. Uh, no spiel's, no nothing like that. We're just gonna get straight into it. So I think we're going to start with returnal because why not i feel like this is the big topic right Returnal's the big game uh jeff gave it it a six and that's the that's like the thing the breaking point of the internet he's the new jim sterling we're now hunting him down damn you jeffy grub grub stop fucking stop being an xbox shill (laughs) um but no returnal's out it's got some really good reviewers um from what I have and it looks very good, but uh, I don't buy games. Hunter buys the games so that we can use them for metadata. It's great. So, um, Hunter, I don't have play... a
2: PS Five.
0: Uh, you don't need one. I, I literally I played Star. Don't. I've played another like ten hours of Stardew Valley on it today. I could play that on a potato. I don't need a PS Five. But um... if I,
2: I if I get a PS Five, I am just going to play Devil May Cry
1: Five again. And to who be would blame honest, who, who, like who would blame you? That's, That's the good thing. way to be.
0: And yeah, no have one The magic it.
1: controller make you feel Nero's <laughs> sword when you rev it. <laughs> oh, that, yeah, exactly. That sounds really cool. Um, but I keep now... forgetting that dual sense is a thing.
0: Oh, is, man! Like,
1: and actually, so... Returnal makes really good use of it too. You see, All I the always forget. Stuff there.
0: Yeah, well, we'll get we'll get into it. But I always forget about the dual sense because it's, other than Astro, I feel Astro is the only game that used it up until this point. Like other games have tried, like well, Watch Dogs... That would be
1: because. It's the only PS five games. No, game. th- there are PS5 <laughs>
0: games. Miles Morales people are like, if you if you press them down the dual sense trigger, you can feel the web like like get like being yanked. Like you can feel the tension of the web. That's what they were calling it, web tension. I called it this is bullshit. The 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 thing does a little click I don't at like, like three cores down. I'm like, yeah. Web tension, dude. I love it. Ray trace reflections and web tension. Those are the games <laughs> of uh, Spider Man Miles Morales. Um But Astro did it really well. I was like, this has blown me away. And ever since I've played PS5 games, it's like Call of Duty where the fucking trigger has a mild panic attack when you shoot a gun. (laughs) Or it's um, like Watch Dogs where it broke my spring in the lamest way. But I digress. Let's talk about Returnal. Um, For the people who are dumb, big dumb dums me and Kyle, we don't look at the video games industry. It's not like we have a podcast about it or anything. What's Returnal?
1: All right, Returnal is a third-person, roguelike, high-octane action shooter made by Housemark, most famous for uh, their arcade twin-stick shooters of various- they've just made a lot of them over the past couple of years. Mm. They- So.
0: Mostly, they always do a launch- they're mostly known for doing stuff with PlayStation. They did- um, gosh, what was that launch game called that was- on uh, plus, Rezo gun? Rezo gun yeah, it was yeah. Uh, very much uh arcade kind of shooter. They're known for these arcade kind of games up until this point. Um, you guys okay?
1: Yeah, I hunter looks like he's phased out of existence. Some wacky, <laughs> yeah, okay. All right, my goodness, you now?
0: sat up same garbage truck, dude. We're just we're off a cliff, <laughs> off a cliff, dude, off the cliff, <laughs> but anyway. I was basically saying, Hunter, how um, they're known. House Mark are very much known for their arcadey kind of twin sticks, very much like quick reaction speed games. Um, yeah. Very well known for them. Usually, and lots very small of scale. On the screen at once. Yeah. Wants, yeah.
1: Fight for your if you've life type if you played
0: if you've played a game like Near Automata where you see the red orbs floating at you and you have like a midlife crisis, that's basically House Mark's bread and butter. Um yeah. But this is different. This is a new thing for Housemark. This is their biggest game yet, and it's a, it's a pretty big game for um, for Housemark.
1: Yeah. So the cool thing about it is they got like extra budget or whatever it would seem, and it still manages to maintain the spirit of those old games because it's still very a uh, it's still a very high octane action type of thing. There's still a bunch of projectiles coming at you all the time, and it's still mostly just do or die shoot things. But with, like, the roguelike structure and all that and higher production value, it's really nice.
0: Yeah, because I think everyone's big question is, and we'll get into it in a bit, I'll ask the I'll ask the dreaded question that I think everybody who has done any sort of analysis, review, critique of this game of the, is it worth $70? We'll get into that near the end once you've had enough to talk about it. But is it, because I see the cutscenes and stuff like that and I'm like, damn, this looks like AAA. Like, this does look like a PlayStation Studios game. Does it hold to that throughout the entire experience when it gets to the gameplay does it actually feel like oh this isn't like an arcadey like indie thing this does feel like a big budget
1: thing because yeah, it, looks it like feels it like it feels as quick paced yeah it feels like on par with doom eternal or devil may cries kind of action production in that regard mm-hmm. so triple a yeah at least as far as the production value even if the studio is more of an indie team. Which is yeah. cool. I like that they get to do this. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: So, um, basically, take us through the gameplay loop. What is Returnal? And Kyle, I want you to listen, and I want you to ask questions because one of these I'm things we're doing paying with attention, this, one of these things that we're sir. doing with this rebrand, is I've very much I've looked at the audio files. I've looked at everything that people have told me. I speak too damn much, so we're boosting you two up you two are now like the stars of the show and I'm just the fucking idiot that's like the monkey in the background pressing the buttons. So, write notes, Kyle. Get into it, Hunter. What is this damn video game? I don't
2: have paper. We went over this before we started. Oh, I'll I'll (laughs) pass you some. so
1: anyway, uh, the whole setup for Returnal is this lady, Celine, is an astronaut or something and she crash lands on the planet. They call it Atropos and that makes me want to punch something because the way you pronounce this word is Atropo. But anyway, she crash-, <laughs> she crash lands on this planet that like rearranges itself every time she dies, and she's trying to find this signal called the White Shadow. That's what drew her there. For
0: mm-hmm.
1: yeah, so you're trying to like move through this pl- through this area, and all the hostile like fauna and whatever is trying to kill you. <clears throat> and so far, that's about. I've only got up to the first boss. I haven't cleared the first area yet. So as far as setup, it's basically just try and traverse this planet that keeps rearranging itself, die, rinse and repeat. Mm-hmm. Uh, when you go back to the ship, there's like extra, yeah, you start back at your crash site every time you die. And there's like extra things you can check out. Like you can go to sleep and you can get like these weird dreams. An astronaut showed up. It, she like cr- she like relived to the crash and an astronaut was like hanging out there during one of the cutscenes, it was interesting mm-hmm. and aside from that there's a lot of like while you're out in the doing your like dungeon run there's a lot of scanning and reading and stuff For if you want to try to take try to take in more of the world so i've been doing that you know here and there i haven't been like obsessively reading everything yet but i've been Looking at the important things like uh, the weird alien language, there's ciphers that help you understand it. So every time I decrypt one of those, I go and check out uh, one of the logs I got with them that I couldn't understand. You Mm -hmm. have to see if there's more info there. Yeah.
0: Uh, Because, like, the one thing that I get from it is it's very interesting to me that Hades and Returnal have come out in a similar time frame where they were both in development. And they both didn't know, or well, they might, Housewife might have known of Hades' existence because Hades went into early access and all of that. But um, yeah. they both seem to have at least started development without each other noticing, and they kind of have gone for a similar kind of thing where they were like, "What if we do a roguelike where the story's told when you die?" And I'm like, "That's interesting that people have kind of," and, and it's, it to, H- to Hades, it was more, it's more of a Hades thing so far from what I've seen early previews of. Returnal, is it's bits and pieces when you die, not as much as um, Hades, at least so far. Yeah, I'm certainly
1: going back into the dungeon a lot quicker when I'm playing Returnal than I was with Hades, where I'd spend like 20 minutes just hanging out in the Mm -hmm. house of Hades there, (laughs) talking to everyone. Uh, Selene is very much alone, and you only got a couple of things to do, but it's still like a decent drip feed.
0: But it is interesting that they both kind of have gone for that same kind of idea of roguelike because there's a
1: bunch of like greek term or greek themed terminology in this game too like <laughs> atropo is the sister of fate that snips the threads mm. and uh there's the currency is called obolite which obol is the coins you would give charon to pass into the underworld <laughs> you know so it just cracked me up that this was here i'm like oh man another greek roguelike yay <laughs>
0: <laughs> nice
2: so how does Returnal compare to other roguelikes like Hades?
1: Uh well, Hades being the only roguelike I've actually played extensively. This one also is probably going to get me to play all the way through. So I feel like I'm still I feel like I'm doing really well for myself every attempt I've made. Like I've only died like four or five times and made it to the first boss. That's pretty mm-hmm. decent. It's better than when I was <laughs> trying to play Rogue Legacy and just kind of, you know, stumbled around until i died and (laughs) never made any progress in that game (laughs) because like what is
0: what is because right let's set the scene right if you've not played hades before you don't know what hades is hades whole gimmick is kind of built you you create a build is essentially what you do there are a bunch of different weapons that there's like variety there's like a build build you can make and you go through this dungeon what is that equivalent like you have all these in a in Hades, you have all of these weapons based off griefing mythology. What is the gameplay loop of um, Returnal in terms of actual action combat? You know what I'm saying? If that right, makes yeah. sense.
1: All right. So with Hades, you could select your weapons at the beginning. Mm-hmm. And the things that would change throughout your run were these boons you would get from the gods that modified the things that you could do. With Returnal... The weapons themselves. Uh, every time you start, it'll always be with just your basic pistol, and you can only hold one weapon at a time. The nice thing about this, though, that it's not an issue with ammo because the ammo regens. So, okay, cool. That's good. Uh, good. For each of the weapons I've I've come across like three or four types. There's so far I've come across like a pistol, an assault rifle, and a shotgun. Sorry. <laughs> weird noise um, on our end <laughs> that was my text message week, I guess I forgot to mute, mute my phone <laughs> that's
0: like the most unique um, text message that you ever it's,
1: man. it's the uh, frog from Metal Gear Solid 3 for those who are aware of the little frog statues <laughs> that you can find in that game and shoot, that's the noise they make
0: Nice.
1: but anyway, so Returnal has like I imagine there's more weapon types than just the three I've come across, but I've come across a pistol, a shotgun, and, like, an assault rifle. And each of them seem to have, like, they scale the more you use them, so after shooting so many things and killing so many things and picking up, like, items that increase your weapon proficiency, that'll upgrade, and suddenly your attacks will do more damage, or you'll shoot faster, or that kind of thing. Uh, Mm -hmm. So it's a matter of Like, which weapon you think will be be more beneficial for what you're doing at the time. Because another key difference from Hades that this game has is that Hades, each room was like a one-and-done thing. You'd do the room and you'd move on and you couldn't go back. Returnal, Mm -hmm. you are traversing a whole map. You can go back and forth. So that's nice because there's, like, health drops and stuff. there. And despite people saying this game is really difficult, they're pretty generous with these health drops. (laughs) So, you know... So if there's like a large one, and you're only like you've only been scratched in this last fight that you had, maybe leave that there for when you're on your last legs towards the end of your attempt here. and Go back and get it, type mm-hmm. of deal.
0: Um, you quit. You mentioned about Hades. You mentioned the whole boon system, right? Where you, uh, you essentially get traits, you get upgrades in that kind of sense. Um, Returnal has something similar. Um, I don't know if you've encountered them yet. There's the little weird alien kind of little um, parasites. parasites. Yeah,
1: yeah, I've encountered a couple of those. Um,
0: do you want to explain how those and how those are different? Because those are really interesting to me, because basically what I've read up on from reviews and from hearing other people's impressions were they're essentially upgrades, but they also even though they help, they benefit you, they also give you a drawback. It's kind of like a yin and yang where you could get a really cool yeah. upgrade, but it could also bite you in the arse at the same time and you could have something that's also tragic. So do you want to go into that a little bit?
1: Yeah, I've come across a few of these so far, only like two or three. Like one I had, I think it was like, Um Obelite drops more on killing, but mm-hmm. the next malfunction you have which I'll get into that in a minute, I guess, will be more severe mm-hmm. or something like that. And I can't remember what the other ones did necessarily, but it's g- there's a good balance there because it's a ma- because it's like, okay, so this can be helpful and I can accept this drawback if I just make sure not to do something else is how it goes. Or mm-hmm. I could just be like, nah, I don't want to do that one because that's too <laughs> key to my flight yeah. style kind of thing so i don't think they're as crucial to your success as maybe the boons and hades are but they are still interesting for sure and definitely Hmm. the more i move (laughs) on it'll be interesting to see because i do believe they can stack as well and another cool thing is that if you get one and don't want it anymore there are items throughout the game there's like there's an item you can find that will remove them (laughs) if you decide that you made a mistake (laughs) Nice. Uh, so one thing I came across on my last run before I uh, ended up dying was this. I think I figured out the way that they're gonna have you like permanently upgrade yourself. Essentially, mm-hmm. I found what was called like a data cube, and it was like if you find the item that corresponds with this, it'll permanently upgrade your thing. So it was like uh, uh, I can't remember what it did exactly. Um, it was like killing increase or. Er, it, it was basically like a vampire effect where you kill oh, something you, and you, 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 get you gain a bit of, of HP back. back for yeah dealing damage. Yeah. I think that's what it was. And if I found the item that went... The worst part was I I knew what this item was because I could buy it in the shop that I found in one of my previous runs. But it wasn't in the shop this last time. <laughs> <laughs> so that was a bummer, but... It's cool that it's possible to be able to, like, fully take that effect with you at some point if it, if the stars align in the right way.
0: Nice. Um, do you have anything else that you want to ask, Kyle? Because um, uh, I'll let you... I guess... I, look, we've got the big question. We've got the big question that we'll get to in a second, but I was, I'll give you a chance to... If you've got any other queries.
1: Um,
2: I was just wondering, like... Would you recommend this game to people who aren't really fans of roguelikes, um, or to any of those weirdos like me who haven't played Hades?
0: Not yet. Uh, so yeah, will bash it into you one, one, one day, until <laughs> eventually, I've got I've got in the six years game. it's been since
1: I've played Transistor, I've got at least three people to play it because of my <laughs> recommendation. So yeah. Um, so with this, that's a hard one to say because I'm liking it so far. But also, I've like Hades was the thing that made me breach the aversion to roguelikes. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, if if you think that like quick paced combat and like and specifically like quick paced shooting combat is something that would be interesting enough, it, does it? it has if, that house feel, like feel the, right? Yeah, it has that house. It has the house mark feel, and because I feel like. <clears throat> I am seeing progress almost every time I, you know, make an attempt. Mm -hmm. So it's not like I'm just, it doesn't feel like I've lost everything every time I die. It's like, ah, whatever, Mm -hmm. I'll be back there in a minute type of deal. So I would say it'd be worth giving a try. I hope a lot of people who don't really know what this game is will give it a try because...
0: I um, think they will,
1: um... Yeah, I think so too because third-person shooters are almost as mainstream as you can get. So even if they... true,
0: plus there's this <laughs> whole thing of there's like eight million people that have the, one of these rare commodities that is a PS5. I don't know why I just got, shook my whole monitor there. Um, <laughs> <laughs> earthquake, uh, no, um, but so many people have these PS5s and they want to play a game, and this is like the first. I'm this not is saying like it's the first big, truly next-gen experience. That, yeah, that isn't Demon's Souls, which is a remake already, right? Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. I have two more questions. One of them I mentioned at the start. We're going to get to the whole price question. The, question, the final question that I have to ask about you is dual sense.
1: Yeah. Right. Let's talk do? about it.
0: What it do? <laughs> what, what it, it do? do? <laughs> Games All journalist right, so. Kyle says, what it do? <laughs> Let's go with
2: it i never claimed to be a games journalist i'm claiming it
0: is that's a games journalist
2: statement right there dude i just come in here once a week and talk shit for an hour isn't that what games journalists do i don't know usually they talk a lot of more shit than i say
0: hey i think that was a very what it do dude what it do anyway okay
1: so what they say is true the the way that they implemented that stuff is really cool so far like uh it's it's fun, because for the past, like, four months or what however long I've had this machine uh, outside mm-hmm. of Astrobot, the only thing... I've pretty much just been playing PS4 games, so it's <laughs> been fun adjusting to the idea that, oh, just because my controller is vibrating doesn't mean something important is nearby. Yeah. <laughs> because, like, Atropo is a rainy place, and there's, like you can feel like the pitter patter of the rain in the controller. I've been waiting for
0: someone to do it um, because Astrobot did it a tiny bit and I was like, oh, this is cool, but I can't wait for someone to properly do it. And I saw a clip on it. I'm glad you mentioned the rain because I saw a clip on Twitter where someone with an early copy was like, if you want to hear what the vibrations sound like, here it is. And it is genuinely, they put the controller on like their wooden like desk and you could, just the vibrations, the game was muted, and it genuinely sounded like rain falling on a roof, like just landing on a roof, and it sounded like, and I'm like, that's the crazy shit that I love from the dual sets, and that's why it's a nice. next, like, that to me is why that controller's special, <laughs> because, like, you could literally just, it sounds like it, never mind, feels like it, the vibrations are, like, that close. Uh, motorbike on our end. Yeah. Um, <laughs> But yeah, Hunter's getting so, all the noises
2: today. All of them, dude. <laughs>
0: F- frogs and motorbikes. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I kind of cut you off about DualSense. I just like the rain thing was really cool to me when I saw that. This, on Twitter. Yeah, the rain like...
1: thing is really cool. It's a nice detail. It has other things of a similar nature. There's like these teleporter machines that will take you from place to place. That way, you don't mm-hmm. have to run across the map when you get the key to another area. Uh, when you like step on them, their little weird sci-fi effect will vibrate. So that's cool. Uh, the trigger it's He's got the resistive again. trigger thing in my, in my back i saw yeah you <laughs> back you back you're good my screen well, like flashed locally, and turned anyway. green for a second oh well, that's not good don't yeah, want to lose weird. the footage. It's just no. anyway. but yeah so the resistive trigger thing is cool in a way that doesn't feel like it's harming my ability to shoot mm-hmm. so that's because it's always been the worry with that kind of thing is will it be so annoying that I can't actually shoot the thing? Yeah, that's not the <laughs> case. But no. one question
2: and... I have about the Dual Sense as a whole: Go for it for the PS5. Is there a way to turn it off, or do you just have
0: to live with it? Yes, because you can turn it off. Yes, you can turn it off. You can turn yeah. every. Um, there's an accessibility options menu in the system <clears throat> settings where you can tweak everything, which is really good. Not only can you turn it off, you can tweak how resistive the triggers are. So if you don't want them to be as high resistant say you can't say you want to experience some adaptive triggers, but you like you have a uh impairment that stops you from being able to fully mess with it, you can turn it to low or you can turn it completely off. You can turn the haptic feedback off completely. There's plenty of Things that you can do, the mute button okay. turns the mic off, all that kind of shenanigans. But yeah, that's all the thing. Okay,
2: because I'm the type of person I hate rumble and controllers. Same. No, but same. I can't Haptic's stand diff-
0: <laughs> Haptics different. Like I, I remember, like I remember when uh, all the previews were coming out on the PS5, and everyone was like, "Nah, haptic feedback. It's, it's, it's not HD rumble. This is like an actual cool feature." And I was like, yeah, but I hate rumble. I'll believe it when I fucking see it. And I genuinely haven't turned haptic feedback off. I really do like... When it's implemented in a game, it's really damn good. And the good news is, haptic feedback kind of has some backwards compatibility. Where, in games where it was used rumble motors, they've kind of programmed it so that it'll do something similar with the haptic, so it's not just a buzz anymore. Like, I've been playing a lot of Stardew Valley. Um, And when you're on the horse, um, uh, Eric Baroni. Program the the rumble to be like a horse's like patter on the ground and it would obviously just be like shake 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 and it was a bit shit on ps4 but because of the haptic feedback it sees that shake shake and it kind of does feel like a horse because it's still using that kind of engine <laughs> so it kind of worked backwards compatible which is kind of crazy it's not it's not okay. amazing like astro or like returnal but um haptic's different it works it, it fits i've always hated rumble but haptic it got just
2: my works. Thumbs up. So, <laughs> Dude, the the last time I used Rumble, quick sidebar before we get no, to please, yeah, actual talk. It. The last time I used Rumble was a year ago at college with my friend Switch. We were playing Crash Team Racing. Ethan, have you ever played Crash Team Racing with Rumble turned on? Oh, it's, it's fucking tragic. I have. I had Blue Flame on the entire time in Engine Lab. Yeah, I like... couldn't feel my hands afterwards. It's like a Genuinely, nice like... massage.
1: Like, just it was awful. A... <laughs> I, like... I like rumble in controllers. It's a nice feeling for me. I like it when <clears throat> it's
0: done cool. When it's subtle, I like it. I don't like it <clears> throat> when, throat> when games are like, your cargo burr, which means controller <laughs> shakes for half an hour. Like That's the thing that I'm like, no. But with haptics, so far so good. Touch wood. Same mm-hmm. with Ratchet and Clank, which I'm very much looking forward to the haptics and the uh, dual-sense stuff for that. They haven't overdone oh, it. All the, They've all, been...
1: the, all the stuff that they were talking about with the triggers and the state yeah, of play that's... was interesting. Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> and we should also mention, in Returnal, they
1: do have the adaptive
0: triggers things. I don't know if Hunter's come across it yet, but some guns do have it where you only pull the trigger down halfway to do something and full press. that That is in <clears throat> Returnal as well
1: um i don't think i've come across that yet i know that they've got like the l2 button that has like the alt fire but that's a bit different
0: (laughs) oh yeah yeah but there is there's stuff like that um i guess final question as we wrap up uh, hunter's uh, first impressions on returnal is the age-old question that we'll um ask you hunter a lot of people saying it's great from the sounds of it usually we do a would you recommend but this game sounds great and it sounds like people are really loving it and it sounds like you are enjoying it as well um Seventy dollars for Eternal. <laughs> what's your yes what your, or no? We've had this. We were we we've been we've we've had this whole idea. We talked about it last week um, of paying with your wallet. Like think like it's like um, what's it? Called? Voting with your wallet, seller, sorry. Where it's like people are like pay for a game full price, right? Paying with your wallet. That even that's <laughs> something that everybody fucking does. You absolute <laughs> dumbass. Industry inside. Industry inside
2: these two pumpkins
0: trade off trade two offer. Pumpkins. you give me video game i give you money trade off <laughs> someone called jim ryan i think i've just got kind of a 500 iq play oh, anyway voting with your wallet <laughs> we've got the intro for the podcast uh voting with your wallet um but to me, this is a different conversation because I think Returnal is going to do great either way. Um, yeah. What are your thoughts on the whole seventy dollars thing? Does this feel like a high quality package to you? Does this feel like an, a seventy, like a full price? I'm going to say a full price experience because full price games are going up. Seventy is the new sixty. I'm not going to say is it worth that extra ten dollars. I'm just going to say as a full price game, do you think that it's sitting in that kind of genre?
1: Yes. I think that by the time I'm done with this game, I will feel like it is definitely worth all of the money I would have to spend to play it. Awesome. Uh, so, like, compare it to, like, the stupid sports games that are charging <laughs> $70 and mm. putting in like, <coughs> the loot boxes and all that hot trash,
0: you yeah. know. FIFA Ultimate Team, dude.
1: Yeah. <laughs> this game is seems to be a well-constructed, triple A AAA from triple A like experience from a smaller studio with a lot of production value, a fun gameplay loop definitely created with a lot of care. you know, I feel like it's worth the asking price when games are made really well. I feel like if a developer thinks that they're <laughs> worth more, yeah, like i would I would buy either of those for seventy bucks, yeah, if I was asked to no even more, but i've you seen know.
0: some people comparing the whole idea of oh they they toned down the price on uh, destruction all-stars so they should have done it on here and i'm like this is a completely different beat that's different
1: because destruction <laughs> all-stars doesn't look like it there was enough meat on the bone for that and i can <laughs> this tell <game> is
0: <laughs> i can tell you if the review ever comes out for that if i ever finish writing it there is not enough meat on that bone to charge money for it there genuinely <sighs> isn't um but no returnal does seem like it's justifying that price um i saw someone i don't remember who it is if you know who it is let me know in the comments or whatever if you uh remember so i can heart it or pin it or something so that but someone said that it's like doesn't matter that the game's 70 dollars. it's the fact that they've put enough effort in for me to think that it's worth it it's like if it's like if it's if they put that quality it's the quality of the game not the length of it mm-hmm. not what kind of game yeah. it is it's the quality of, and it's like uh, someone said that this is this is the kind of game that justifies the seventy dollars price point because it's worth to me. It's been worth it, and I'm like, that's the whole idea of it, right? It's like some people might see Ratchet and Clank as, oh, it's a kids platformer. Why the fuck are they charging seventy dollars? But <laughs> have you seen that, that fucking that game? Insomniac's really good. This point. Insomniac's put because that hard oh, into it, yeah. But yeah. and same with Return. Like, looks like they've done a great job. So um, shout outs to House Mark, um, and shout outs to PlayStation for actually. Uh, Greenlighting it because i feel like people don't give sony enough credit when they do do something different and everyone just every time they release a third person action game they're like here we go again <clears throat> it is still third person but it's a house game and it's it's also yeah it's a different a much different
1: beast as far as how it plays and all that it's faster and quicker than any of their like first party titles but
0: no there you go shock of the century hgo also recommends that you play uh, returnal like every other person that has given first impressions on this game <laughs> except for jeff grubb because he's an xbox show. Jeff
2: grubb. <laughs> grubb.
0: i love jeff grubb man I, I honestly i love that he's like he did that and then he was like he saw the people were hating on him he's like i'm taking it in my stride i love it uh but there you go yeah. those are our, those are our extensive first impressions on returnal uh good conversation that boys i enjoyed that quite a bit um, good work boys we, see you next well week done especially hunter for actually uh, carrying the conversation thank you hunter uh very cool no we'll talk about what uh me and kyle have been up to in just a little bit but for now we are going to very quickly. A word from our sponsors <laughs> have you heard about insert thing here <laughs> let me tell you about it uh, that would have been audible. a great uh segue that would have been a great segue but unfortunately we don't have uh... use code
2: hgo at checkout to get nothing because it's not real
0: <laughs> audible call <cool>. trade offer trade offer <laughs> Anyway, we're going to talk about one piece use of news. You code, s- you get nothing. You get nothing, trade off
2: it. That um, sounds about right for this podcast. <laughs> Let's be real. Uh,
0: doesn't, matter, um... doesn't matter how many times we rebrand it, it's still the same shit show. Anyway, <laughs> um, we're going to talk about one piece of news before we get to more niche things <clears throat> that me and uh, Kyle have been doing. Um, we're going to talk about Toys for Bob, because um, oh. if you're new to the channel, then, hey, we like Crash Bandicoot quite a bit on this channel. We talked about Crash 4 extensively. We talked about CTR extensively when that came out because this podcast has been going for that long now. We did talk about CTR in its life cycle. Oof. Um, <laughs> at the end
1: of its life cycle, anyway.
0: Yeah. At the end of its life cycle, yeah, for the last update. But <laughs> Toys for Bob, some news broke this week, um which started off. Um, i'll run you through my part. Po- i'm not going to bring an article up we're just going to have a conversation about it if you want to go and look up the facts and the figures and all of the proof and the evidence go look it up 20 million people have talked about it on the internet and i'm sure you'll be able to find it um but uh, the tldr is toysa bob tweeted about that they're proud to be working on warzone for season 3 and everyone was that day including myself didn't think about it cuz we were like oh cool they're just support they're just chucking some support to the warzone they're not fully going into it. it's just a small team whatever a bit like beanox where part of them are working on warzone the rest of them are working on something else and then the day after uh a load of artists a load of concept artists a load of designers for toys for bob announced that they'd left toys for bob um not recently as well the lead uh artist who redesigned crash and spyro um in my opinion uh this artist i don't remember his name uh oh, i follow him on twitter as well um he's created both my favorite spyro design and my favorite crash design with reignited and crash Four. really talented guy i think he's working on sonic now in a way in a cool way so he's like having his hand in all the old platforms <laughs> all the um pie. i think he's working on the, one, the sonic show for netflix so yeah he's, he's had his hand in all uh-huh. the things in all the pies um but he left and a load of artists have left and from the sounds of it according to them toys for bob at least for the short term is fully on warzone um this is after vicarious visions has left uh well not left they have been pushed to work with blizzard which everyone's saying oh but they're still making remasters but they've basically lost their identity to just become blizzard's remaster studio um and it gauges this question of what now we've lost toys for bob beanox is rumored to have been working on spyro 4 has that been cancelled has the multiplayer mode for crash been cancelled um it's been a bit of a Worrying day. Like, I uh, i didn't tweet it, but I posted it on our Discord. I wish I tweeted it. Is well, like pour one out for fucking Canadian guy, the YouTuber who literally <laughs> covers just Crash and Spyro, because this might be a shot in the chest to that community. But I'm going to throw it yeah. to you guys because there were some really talented people at Toys with Bob, and I'm a bit fucking gutted, to be honest. <clears throat>
1: So, do you remember a few weeks ago when we were talking about PlayStation's obsession with blockbusters and all that? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) This feels like the furthest extreme of that, where they literally just have, where Activision literally just has all their studios working on the same franchise.
0: Here's a counter-proposal. PlayStation cares about blockbusters, Activision cares solely about money. PlayStation yeah. also cares about money but they care about also having quality exclusive reception.
1: <laughs> Days Gone
0: yeah. didn't get a sequel not because it didn't sell well because it made them a lot of money, it was profitable. It was because of the critical the mixed critical reception that Days Gone never got another chance to shine. Crash Bandicoot has been profitable. Insane Trilogy was ridiculously profitable. CTR Nitrofield, ridiculously profitable. Spyro Reignited, ridiculously profitable. Tony Hawk's Pro Skater literally (laughs) came out last September (laughs) and sold Gangbusters, and now Vicarious Visions is dead. It's so frustrating. Yeah. It's so, it baffles me, because Activision was like, yeah, they're making money, but why, they only make some money. Why not put them making AK-47 skins for Warzone? Now they make more money, because why not? The most
1: frustrating thing is that Activision could literally spit out the mediocre war shooter year after year, and that machine will never stop. They'll always be making a lot of money. It seems superfluous to make all dozen or so studios that they have work (laughs) on the same thing.
0: And it's depressing as well, because it's not even... it's not even like treyarch sledgehammer and infinity ward they make a new game they have a three-year development cycle where they make these games every time Beenox the support studio now with toys for bob and raven their job isn't to make and have a vision for a game it's you're supporting this you're just making camos you might if you're lucky work on making a multiplayer map or a zombies map, maybe, if you're lucky. But it's just, make skins, help patch, make the PC ports. Toys for Bob isn't gonna have, like... If if they were like, oh, Toys for Bob is gonna be making a a Call of Duty game, that'd even be a better fucking outcome. Because, at least they're having some creative outlet there, even if it is in a mediocre franchise that releases one good game every three years, because only one of the developers cares. (laughs) Either way, Toys for Bob it's just kind of been like i say i keep joking saying now they're just going to keep making call of duty skins but it's not a joke that is their job now because they're supporting warzone and that's all it is is making costumes for characters making skins for characters and it's it's like overwatch but with zero personality at least if you're designing an overwatch skin You've got these. You've got these characters. That you that have these personalities and these stories, and you can make them so fucking cool. You can <laughs> turn Bastion into a fucking wooden like tree looking thing. You can do a load of crazy <laughs> stuff. What do you do in Call of Duty, Soldier looks like Soldier.
2: Did you play as Dude Bro Forty Two? Yeah. Dude Bro Forty
0: Two. And it it just sucks, man. Because Crash Four was, I know Kyle didn't jive with it as everyone else did. But, I didn't dislike it. It's not a bad you video game. He didn't and... the studio. Yeah, <laughs> Kyle... yeah it, it wasn't a bad game. It's just Kyle didn't jive with it, is the kind of way. Like, it's a well-made still game. still bought
2: it. It's still yeah. on the shelf. You can still grab it and yeah. throw it if I wanted to. Cra-
0: right. Yeah, either
2: not way. I but I could. <laughs> Crash 4... <laughs> the idea is there.
0: Crash 4 is one of the best things to come out of the Crash franchise period since Naughty Dog left. Yeah. It it is yeah. one of the best things. I'd say the three things that are as good as the Naughty Dog series that came out in terms from the Crash series was Twin Sanity just because of its com- comedy and its humour, not necessarily the game itself. Mm-hmm. Um CTR Nitro CTR Fueled remake. for being a not only a remake but a true successor to CTR, and a better version of CTR. I'll fight you on that. The low times are shit, but the game's better. And Crash <laughs> 4, those are the three things. And two of those are recent. And it's Mm -hmm. like, we've just got this shit back on the move, and now Activision's just like, eh, fuck it.
1: It almost feels like this might have been their plan the whole time. It kind of
0: does, doesn't it?
1: Yeah, like, people were like, bring back Crash Bandicoot, we want Crash Bandicoot, and eventually they're like, fine, okay. We'll do a remake and and a new
0: game and then we're out.
1: Yeah, well, they've done a Sly 4, 4 where they teased a sl- like,
0: they teased a Crash 5 at the end of it and have gone oh, see you next time suckers hey. don't,
1: don't remind me about Sly 4. Well I mean Toys for Bob probably didn't know that this was going to happen of course so of they wanted to tease yeah. of course they wanted to tease another project <clears throat> because I'm sure they were very interested in doing that. Because
0: they were really passionate and
1: yeah, I've said it before,
0: I'll say it again their patching practices are questionable at best <laughs> <and> <laughs> Some of their choices in game design are also a bit questionable, but there's some creative fucking people at Toys for Bob. The Mm -hmm. work they did on Reignited, where they completely did 80 separate dragon models just for the sake of it, so every dragon was unique in the first game. And they didn't have to do that, they chose to do it. What the fact that they've recreated Spyro in this new art style instead of just doing what insane Trilogy did, which was just fucking patchwork, a shitty art style, grab an asset from this store and whatever, chuck it all in. The fact that they made Crash Four and it was such a passion project where they didn't go, We're not gonna we're not gonna pander to a casual audience, we're not gonna go and do something completely new, we're gonna make a Crash Bandicoot four in name and in scope and make it hard and make it, and it bullshit felt like in ways. The old
2: Crash <sighs> games? For better PS1. or for worse,
0: it did, yeah. Yeah. So we live in a... T- we we have, like, three possible outcomes. One outcome is, like I said, it's a short-term problem, and maybe Toys for Bob in a year or two gets to go and work on something again. I do think it'll be weird for Activision not to have a, a family-friendly IP at all. Um, but, you know, that's weird. So that'll happen. Yeah, the second possibility... Yeah, yeah, the second possibility is we still get Spyro, and we know that that's the last thing we're getting so it's going to be a really depressing <laughs> game release
1: imagine if that like blew up <laughs> because of I how hope it... many people would buy it that's the best the best case
0: scenario is if that, if they have pulled toys for bob indefinitely instead of just temporarily the best hope we have is spyro 4 still gets released so at least the community and the audience have a chance to really push to show no we want this and really kind of xenoblade it where we're like no we want this kind of shit and buy it as much like and <laughs> vote with your wallet as stupid as it fucking sounds or <laughs> <laughs> well, the third possibility is spyro's also been cancelled and that's fucking it that's and that's the one i'm terrified just of the most gone. because spyro's been in development for a while as far as i'm aware and that'll be really shitty it was supposed to be out either the end of this year or middle of next year so if they pulled the plug on that, then I'm fucking try like I'm honestly gonna be upset. Rumour was it was Beanox, not Bob working on it. Um, but still okay. upsetting. But anyway, my rant's over. I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> um I felt like I needed to get it out there because um Not I don't usually I'm like, oh that sucks. Or I'm like, oh that's bad. Boo hoo, you know, like oh games industry is game industry, right? But this one kind of hit because toys Bob's just a creative fucking team and as much as i shit on them for doing stupid stuff with the ps5 version and stuff like that really creative team and it, i wouldn't even be mad if they just went toys Bob's making something new and they're giving up crash i wouldn't even be upset it's the fact that they've just been like into the call of duty machine to go. literally i saw someone yeah. i saw someone post a meme of like um <laughs> activision shoving toys for bob into a coal mine and then fucking you just got like Treyarch and infinity ward and everyone else going first time her huh? and it's just like <laughs> everyone's just fucking grinding away and that's what it is now and it's just really depressing um but i hope everyone that lands that left toys for bob finds something cool works on something awesome because there's a lot of talented people that yeah. left mm-hmm. um but no i felt like i had to talk about it Sorry if that came off as, uh, just bitching it into the internet for ten minutes, but I felt like I really needed to do it. Because. Shit fucking sucks, man. Shit fucking sucks. <laughs> anyway, um. Kyle, you finally finished Xenosaga. Saga. You've I done did. it. I Let's did. Let's talk it. about it.
2: I finished the Xenosaga. Congratulations. All three episodes. hmm So. Coming off the heels of episode two. I was very disappointed, let down, sad by what the game was, gameplay-wise. As a story, it was great.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Touched on a lot of my favorite parts of one of my favorite characters. Really fleshed out, gave him the whole story arc. But gameplay-wise, it was trash, and I would have liked it better if I just watched the cutscenes. So going into episode three, I was like apprehensive at best. Those fears quickly went away. The production values definitely came back after what felt like a huge drop after Episode 2. Gameplay has been simplified to no end. It's no longer that complex break-launch-topple system or whatever bollocks was happening in Episode 2. I don't know, I didn't pay attention to it. I turned on cheats. Nice. (laughs) (laughs) Because I didn't want to be bothered. Anyways... Um, right. Episode 3, very simple combat, very easy pick-up-and-play. It's... Even, like, the old Gears combat that Episode 1 had is just gone. It's just now, is here's menus, pick an attack, f- have fun. It's as simple as an RPG battle system can get.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Story-wise, this game hit every point I would have needed it to, and more. So often... Especially nowadays in media, when you get to the end of a show or a movie or something that's just been going for a long time, it's usually
0: not worth it.
1: (laughs) Yeah, the don't don't really stick the landing a lot. They usually
0: just kind of fall. How dare you? I tell you, the the ending to the Big Bang Theory was worth all 12 (laughs) seasons, dude. Let me tell you, guys. Let me tell- I wouldn't know, but- i'm sure it I was mean, it just like how i met your mother dude just like every oh. tv show ever made you know <laughs> they lo- they love fucking it up at the last moment love lost by the way great show <laughs> love lost anyway carry on xenosaga um, Zenosaga. Anyways,
2: Zeno saga. this this story it hit every point i could have asked it to hit it finally finally after three episodes said, all right, Shion, remember you, our our main character, our leading lady? You want some fucking character development? Here's the whole game for you. All of this development is for you. And it goes into (laughs) basically everything about her, why she's so, like, like, what caused her childhood trauma and how she basically ended up, living with that trauma and coping with it as she got older and it went into so many of her relationships with her like with her brother Jin, her her co-workers it goes into why she's so like stubborn and headstrong as who she is and why she kind of gravitated towards cosmos even though like cosmos the robot that her dead boyfriend built to kind of be the protector of the world it's a lot to take in
0: i'm gonna start writing notes yeah yeah so dead robot (laughs) no robot from dead boyfriend okay i'm trying to like Mm -hmm. it's so hard to talk about
2: this because it's the third part and i've tried to keep spoilers as low as possible but
0: Mm -hmm. will this be on the test
2: yes it's really just something you need to you need to play for yourself. You need to just experience it some way.
0: You know, I've heard and... part three is super cheap, dude. I've heard it's super cheap. Oh yeah, cheap.
2: it's super cheap.
0: They're basically giving them away, right? Oh yeah, they
2: are. Um, Please note sarcasm. <laughs> but, um, also...
1: Trade offer. One human soul, <laughs> you get Xeno Blades, or Xeno Saga 3. Uh, I'd do it.
2: Uh...
1: Okay. No, um,
2: quickly doubling back to production values. No, good like, voice acting super improved for a 2006 ps2 game it looks and sounds amazing they have a lot of notable voice actors in the cast now there's this group of four vill- four like side villains voice acted by yuri lowenthal les slang <laughs> oh uh, dc douglas and crispin freeman and I'm like, oh my god, <laughs> that is an all-star
1: villain cast. They're the so impressions great. They're DC so Douglas great. is Albert Wesker. Wesker, yeah. Christian Freeman
0: it's, Yeah, I know who they are, yeah. I just don't have an impression for them, you know? like I don't, To be fair, my Yuri Loneful impression isn't an impression of Yuri Loneful. It's no, the it's fact not. That he's <laughs> right. I feel you like, hang on. just Spider-Man. Yeah, right. Tangent. Tangent time. If you've wondered why, if you've ever heard me say Spider-Man, I say it like that. The reason is, is because it's usually because we're talking about Yuri O'Fall. Yuri O'Fall equals Spider-Man Insomniac Spider-Man. And when I think of Spider-Man, I think of the line, Spider-Man do a flip from Spider-Man Homecoming. <laughs> and he says Spider-Man like, hey, Spider-Man. And that's why I always say Spider-Man like that. And now you know the inside joke. The way
1: you're explaining this feels like it should have that meme of the lady doing the like math. <laughs> yeah, over top of it, <laughs> top yeah just like the numbers going in front of me yeah exactly yeah
0: um but now there you go now you're inside now <laughs> congratulations you made it 52 minutes into the video so now you get an inside joke you get to understand the inside joke anyway, you finally
2: understand how ethan's brain works
0: yeah congratulations <laughs> what a privilege
2: <laughs> <laughs> i've been talking to him for six years and i haven't anyway, figured that out yet anyway
0: so yuri and fall lex lang dc douglas the other guy villains
2: <laughs> yeah they're all fucking great i love this game like mm-hmm. i feel like at the, like i'm times just talking in circles right now but i'm still processing the ending like mm-hmm. i beat this game fucking six hours ago five six hours ago and like you're, it's doing so the J- good. you're doing
0: the JRPG depression. Dude. You're doing the JRPG know, depression, where you, f- where you where you where you finished a game and then you just lie in bed going like just fucking f- like a ve- you just like like vegged out. You just like,
1: <laughs> like I'll never like another game this much again. I probably
0: won't. What is life? Dude, what like is life? the fact that
2: Monolith Soft so- was created basically just to make these games by Tetsuya Takahashi. And there were supposed to be six games, mm-hmm. but production time meant stuff had to get cut. Mm-hmm. But like, even between episode two and three, there's a whole year. It's a year time gap between the two games, and I assume that was supposed to be a game in between those two, mm-hmm. but what they did instead was in... like There's just a little summary you can read about everything that would have happened in that year between the two episodes.
1: And that you can just read if you want to.
0: Nice.
2: And
1: I just, like... So, uh, compared to the two Xenoblade games, in your own personal opinion, do you like these... The Xeno saga more?
0: No Xeno things, Um... what do you think? (laughs) What it do? What it do?
2: (laughs) Um... It's kind of hard for me to say, I think, because they're two very different kinds of games, like 1 and 2 and X keep you in this open world environment that's free for you to explore, whereas uh, the Saga games were all more, they were all more like enclosed, you're in areas going from point A to point B, there's no big overworld for you to explore, I think... As far as characters and story, I would probably give it to Saga, just because, you know, there's more, there's more time to flesh out all these characters and all these ideas, whereas the Xeno games are just, you get one and done, unless you get, (laughs) unless you're like Future Connected or Torna, where you get bonus content.
0: And even Torna, it's only a handful of characters you actually get that bonus content for.
1: Right, and future connected hardly seem worth it.
0: I mean, torn is brilliant. Um, torn is
2: amazing, yeah. and I would torn- still
0: torn- be torn is still my favorite story piece from Xenoblade Two. Hmm.
1: Torn- I love really that. Fun.
0: I cried like a bitch, and I didn't. And <laughs> I don't like. Yes, I know. I know. Like, if if we had an active audience, someone would be typing right now, going, "Even cries at fucking everything." It's true. I do. He does, but. I didn't. I didn't cry at Xenoblade Two. I did cry at Torna. You didn't cry at the end of Xenoblade Two. I was close. Mm. Very close. I was very close. I was gonna say. I
1: thought you said that the end of it made you like.
0: It made me. It made me close. Maybe I did cry. Maybe I've just blanked it out. Maybe I'm just (laughs) like you know like. Maybe you should play it again
2: and go cry again. (sighs) Fifty hours. Dude, I cried the last time I beat Xenoblade Two.
1: I don't know why.
2: That was, like, my fourth time beating that game, and I'm like, why am I crying this
0: time? Who knows? (laughs) (laughs) But no. Oh, man. Reminds me
1: of when I was, like, the first time I played Metal Gear Solid 3 when I was Mm -hmm. a kid. I was too dumb to, like, comprehend why it was sad. I just kind of got that it was sort of depressing (laughs) at the end because of the (laughs) way that people were acting. Eventually, I was old enough when I played it, I am like, oh, man, I actually feel what I'm supposed to this time. (laughs) And it's total despair.
2: (laughs)
0: Um, Yeah, that's how I I feel
2: about Mother 3. (laughs) Uh. I was a very dumb kid when I learned about Mother 3. And then I played it when I got older. and I'm like, oh, this game is meant to make you feel depressed and empty on the
0: inside. See, I wouldn't know. I, I'm, it, yeah, I'm out here. Terry I'm out, it. Here, with, Terry Crews wants I'm out it. here with Terry Crews, dude. Just going, yeah. What the fuck? <laughs> what
1: what some d Yeah, do it. Bring it out. I've never. Do it. I've never played an Earthbound. Game I've never either. played
0: Earthbound either. It's like I understand the appeal of it, but it's one of those games. It's a bit like, un- like it's a bit like Undertale, which is obviously because Toby Fox took a lot of inspiration <laughs> you from. A thing uh, to say. You don't but, say. But it's got water like, is kind- wet. But the wacky kind of, like, you know, the wacky kind of enemies and stuff like that always kind of put me off it, because I'm like, I'm like, this just seems random as fuck. But I liked Undertale, (laughs) so I probably would like Earthbound. Um, It's funny,
1: because I I know a lot of people who've played it. It's It's one of the few, like, old games that I hear about that I'm like, huh. I haven't played that, but I also don't really feel like I need to, yeah that's what guy kind of fascinates me, but that's at the very end of the game mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's an interest it's it's interesting, it's one of those things where I don't know I don't think I'd ever pick it up unless they actually like did something with it, like they remade it or did something like yeah. along those lines, but um. I've got it's nothing like... against it personally, but that's me with all old games I don't go back. I very rarely go back to older consoles. It's like you guys tell me to pick my three d s up. I'm like, no, that's stinky, look at <laughs> it. It's heavy. I don't like it um but no um so would you recommend any with by any means necessary playing through this trilogy? Is it worth a twenty twenty one j r p g fan is it worth for them worth it for them to dive back in? and yes. pick these up in any way they can. And I Wait. say
2: that with absolute bias and nothing else. Okay. No, um, I think if you've played the Xenoblade games, you definitely owe it to yourself to play Xenosaga. You can see where a lot of inspiration for Xenoblade came from, to the point where even direct references and, like, Characters in this game, how they directly influence characters in Chronicles 1 and 2. Uh, other than that, if you're just kind of like a casual JRPG fan, I would definitely say give the first game a try. Mm-hmm. It's simple enough to get a grip on, and I think that the story will keep you engaged. I like, I think part 1 is really good as just its own thing, even though the story leaves a lot opened up. But that's because there's sequels, like, and they knew they were getting yeah. sequels because they made they made the games. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like, they didn't have to trust Square Enix this time to be like, yeah, what if we didn't give you a sequel?
0: Yeah, but no, I'm it glad bad, I'm glad you've enjoyed it, and I'm glad you were able mm. to finish it while you had a week off. <laughs> Cause...
2: This, like, this has been a month long coming, dude. Yeah. <laughs> like hey. this whole trilogy took me the, the whole, that took up my month of April, basically.
0: Yeah. <laughs> but no, glad to see it finished, glad to see you enjoyed it.
2: It was a lot of fun, and I can't wait to continue to think about it in the coming weeks. Awesome um but what about you ethan what's been what's been on your mind lately right.
0: what's been on my mind right <laughs> i've got two things i played a game this week i did play a game this week we'll get to it in a second because i don't really have much to say so i'm getting on a tangent for a second and i just want to say that i've been outed by my parents right uh, i was going to show this last week but i forgot right um obviously um if you follow me on twitter if you have listened to me on the radio if you've heard anything i always talk about wanting to do things wanting to learn languages wanting to draw drawing's one of them i have a drawing tablet which uh I'm really lazy with, because I can't be bothered um and my pa- like my mum the other day i don't know why I'm bringing this up, but I think it's a funny story is uh, <laughs> I think even my parents have noticed I like persona a little too much um because um i oh, was no. like yeah we like I, I got you a gift and that's never a good sign guys that's never a good sign <laughs> if, if your parents say to you we got you something you run for the fucking hills guys trust me <laughs> trust me i i would try and find i try and find the gamer sign kyle you know the gamer sign i've shown you the gamer sign before um
2: the socks that say, don't bother me, I'm gaming?
0: Oh, no, have I not sure No, like an game? actual oh, sign yeah, yeah, that says, the, don't the, enter. Yeah, they're, don't, they're this, this fucking thing that sits in my drawer buried, the, uh... There you go, I'll let you, uh, <laughs> read that, video listeners. And let me read it for you beautiful video audio listeners. listeners. Gaming in progress, eye contact, and small talk is unavailable. This sits in the fucking drawer, because I can't bin it. Anyway, moving on. Um... Oh, screams on oh. Our end. Hunter, feel free to mute. You can completely mute. Don't you worry. <laughs> I also realized that because rec- we're recording this differently, I now have to remember and edit to flip my my screen. Like I have to because I'm parallel because of Discord. So I was like, I couldn't read it while it was there. Anyway, I digress. So got a present, and my parents were like my mom was like, because you want to learn how to draw more. So look at this, guys. I have got the master guide to drawing anime ladies and gentlemen <laughs> and it was at this point where i was like i need to stop liking persona because i've just been outed at this point and it was like it was funny because it's like i don't <laughs> you know me with anime i like watch like three episodes a year and it's, this is 100 percent because of persona so uh one thing i've done is laugh at this but then got actually It's quite a decent book, actually. It's got, like, body proportions and everything like that. I'm not going to show too much because I don't want the guy suing me for giving away the fucking tips and tricks. The master guide. This is the master guide. I can't give it all away. This is Um, what they
2: don't want you to know.
0: They don't want you to know. Um, But no, it's a very interesting book, actually, and I will probably uh, use it at some point. A touch of red, indeed, (laughs) Hunter. Um, But I just thought it was funny, so I I laughed. Um, Are we getting some drawing streams in the future? Who knows? Potentially. I also, this is going to be fun for Hunter, because uh, Hunter, you better memorize when these noises are happening on your end so that we can take them out of the uh, recording of the Audacity, because that's going to be fun. Around one hour, two minutes. Thank you. I'm going to really enjoy that. Um, (laughs) Like, I always like, he'll do it. (laughs) He'll do it. It's fine. Um, This is your job. Well, there you go. I was outed. uh, There we go. So this week I was outed as a weeb. to sync it up yeah true true Mm -hmm. truly tragic oh well uh do it myself maybe next time but anyway i digress what i've actually played this week is i played a game uh called concrete genie that kyle thinks i made up um Concrete Genie is a game made by a game studio called Pixel Opus, who I don't know if Sony owns.
2: You're not helping your case with the fact that you didn't make it. Does Sony off.
0: own Pixel Opus, Hunter? I think they do. Um, Hunter's like, <laughs> has, has Hunter got a puppy? Hunter's got a puppy, ladies <laughs> and gentlemen. Get that engagement up. Leave a like if you like puppies. Positive reviews on iTunes. Um... For puppies. Only for puppies. You can't even see it on... You couldn't. You, couldn't, you can't even hear the puppy. But there you go. Um, so I play Country Genie. It's made by a studio called Pixel Opus. Uh, and it's a game that PlayStation released. They published it. And it's a platformer. Uh, and I saw it. They showed it at E3. They showed it at a load of places. It was one of the only games... It was like in the last E3 before Sony gave up on E3. And I was like, this is cool. I I can't wait to play it. Then it came out. And I was like, I'll get back to you. And then three years after it's come out two years after it's come out i finally uh got around to it and it's essentially a game where if you hated the mechanic and in infamous second son where you turned your controller on the side gave it a good fucking shake and that now that now me doing that is on the internet so that's gonna be fun <laughs> um have fun guys um
1: can't wait for the gifts
0: yeah it's fine no one will get an hour and six minutes in um but that's what you if you can imagine that, it's like that, but good. Basically, the whole idea is it's a platformer. It's a good yeah, platformer, good. but also it like the whole idea is it's like you're you're a painter, and you and the idea is uh, this weird like ghostly kind of creature called a genie. Like it's like a genie. It's one of his drawings has tasked you with drawing across the entire abandoned town and bringing it back to life. So you're going around and you're drawing on walls. I mean, you're graffitiing the shit out of it and you can spend as little like, or as yeah, much time could... as you want yeah you can create little artworks you can create little things like that you can do what i do which is just piss shit all over the fucking wall and go oh cool what a great piece of artwork good good to go move on um like i'd like basically you have lights on the walls that'll light up with the more spray paint you put on so you're supposed to like make like a nice little scene like oh, i'll make a forest with a campfire and stuff like that i'll just like grass 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 done move um <laughs>
1: <laughs> so that's
0: part of it the other part of it it's part that it's partly creating these genies where again you draw them and you bring like these little imaginary friends to life that help you with the in the world um yeah these imagination um you effectively draw them and there's there's a fire one there's an electric type there's like a wind one where they interact with the world and you use them to solve very basic very easy puzzles um and the final one is there's like a stealth action kind of part of to the platforming because there's a group of bullies that are going to beat the living crap out of you because at the end of the day it's a story about bullying, um is effectively what it is and it's really good I liked it quite a bit it's a bit on the nose um where the bullies are your stereotypical American high school bullies where they're like oh Hell, we're yeah. just twats for twats sake and then they just start ripping like he has a bu- he has an art book basically this kid's pretty alone. Uh, he's pretty introverted, he doesn't really have any friends, so he draws a load of, uh, he basically draws a load of characters in his book that he calls genies, right? And the bullies will, like come up to him and start ripping all the pages and throwing them away and they're collectibles in the game. You basically go and collect all of his uh, drawings again, um, which is which are stencils, which he used to paint on the wall. Um, but it's, it's very much they—they they have like those dickhead bullies that are just going around going, ah, you piece of shit, beat the fuck out of you, steal your book, rip the pages out, lol. And then they then try it. and pull the—they <laughs> try and pull the thing of bullies are people that are just had shit hands. You know, a lot of bullies have like got terrible parents or have had terrible things happen to them that have made them that way. And I'm like, that's fair play, but they were bastards, so I'm not gonna forgive them. And the game's like the end ah. message of the game is. At the end of the day, let's all be friends. Let's even people people have had hard times. Let's forgive them. You ripped my fucking book in half and kicked me in the balls. I'm not going to fucking be friends <laughs> with you by the end of the video. Dude. I don't care. But no, uh. it's a story about bullying. There's a cool little twist halfway through um which I didn't see coming and it was quite it was I was like, "Oh, we're doing this. That's cool." Um but it's it's a cool little it's a cool little game. You can beat it. I beat it in 4 hours um five hours so it's very short i did it all in one session um but very good game and it was free on plus a couple of months ago so if you had plus and you yeah. picked up concrete Gen, it was the same month as control so if you got control you probably have this too um i'd recommend you check it out because it was very interesting it's good at what it does it's a bit clunky um i think it's a bit long um i think it outstays its welcome a tiny bit and like i say some of the plot points are a bit hand-fisted, but the art style's wonderful. The whole idea of creating these genies and making these weird creatures that you can make look like whatever you want. It's pretty cool. The whole motion controls thing isn't terrible for once, which is nice. Um, Oh,
1: man, it's nice in there, actually.
0: They have the option to just use the right analog stick to paint instead of the motion controls, but I kept the motion controls on because they just felt right. Um, And I hardly had to press the reset button either, so they just kind of worked. So... um, thumbs up for that but no i'd recommend it especially if you got it for free or if you can get it for cheap uh concrete genie is a nice little platformer that maybe if you're someone that doesn't have much free time and you're like i want to play a game in like a night or two and have it done like i did um <laughs> then i recommend it it's good very good indeed but there you go um that's all i've got to say on it like i say <laughs>
1: Yeah, it looked cool enough. Uh, Like, I got it on Plus, and I'll play it eventually. It was kind of not super high on the priority list.
0: Mm -hmm. It wasn't high on mine, either. It's just the games I have left are big games, and I'm like, I'm not feeling a big game right now. Like, I was very tempted. Don't tell Sam this. I was very tempted earlier in the week to start Yakuza. Uh, I was very (laughs) close, but I'm like, I can't. And I probably will this week, but, you know. Dude, I feel that. It's just like you look at it and you're just like Ugh. because that's the thing is with yakuza is i get excited i just think karaoke dude here we fucking go i'm spending 60 (laughs) hours in the karaoke minigame fuck yes but then i'm like oh but there's this shitty part called gameplay that's over here that i have to (laughs) do wait there's a game in between this yeah i'm like
1: boo i have to play how many hours of persona 5 royal to get to the tycoon
0: (laughs) wasn't that many it was like after first dungeon wasn't it but i didn't know tycoon was a thing i liked the game anyway um (laughs) but no uh yada yada no, play dude. concrete genie if you got it for free <laughs> or if it's cheap why I,
2: not i really i really get that feeling because now the next game on my list is horizon zero dawn
1: mm-hmm. and uh, it's, yeah it's,
0: it's not that like honestly if you main path it it's not that long it's not that it'd be yeah. like 15 20 hours you could ma-
1: you could main path it relatively briskly it gets longer if you do everything but you know, just don't yeah, do a Sam. Fire.
0: Don't do what Sam I'm did. I'm just where intimidated he
1: didn't... by games like that.
0: Oh, and for, yeah, for good reason. But I feel like Horizon is a good open world. You because... walk up to that
1: game and you tell it, "I'm gonna beat you." <laughs>
0: Horizon, I feel, is a good open world because it gives you enough direction where you don't feel like you don't know what you want to like what to do. It's like. It's either I want to go and explore or the game's very clearly like, here's the golden path. You can do it whenever you want. You don't have to grind or anything to go and do it. You, it's literally just like, you choose. Yeah. Um. So cool. it's very good for that kind of stuff. Um. But with oh, that... I can't wait. Yeah, but with that, that has been our show. Uh, thank you, everybody for listening. If you want to find us on socials, you can find so right here. They're all just going to come up at once. Magic. Wow um and uh links will be in the description for podcast users if you want to go and check us out there um quick reminder uh real quick uh i'm gonna do like a very mini version of the spiel so follow us on twitter at gamers oh, at gamers hot only
1: at, at gamers only
0: at gamers only <laughs> um let's <laughs> try that again uh you uh do a quick spiel I'll addy, addy, just addy. cut
2: it in the episode
0: yeah uh twitter at hot gamers only you can go and subscribe to the youtube channels links all down below and if you want to find us on your favorite podcast servers, you can go to the link tree and select from a variety such as spotify apple music and google play and that's all i'm gonna say that's it we're done uh thanks wow. so much for listening this week we will be back next week same time same place for more but until then have an awesome week
1: and yeah see you next time bye see ya toodaloo